Hey, welcome to Keep Moving Forward with Tom O'Leary. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thank you for all the replies and responses, uh, asking questions, new ideas, and uh, certainly passing the podcast on to family, friends, people you know that you think would benefit. Thank you so much for the the gifts and support. Uh, It's just been great. So someone asked a really interesting question about that balance of who you spend your time with. The Bible actually has a lot to say about that subject. And so today's podcast is you become who you spend time with. Now here's the tricky balance for anyone out there who's a believer. It's that balance of how much time do I spend with believers and how much time do I spend with unbelievers? Because we have passages in the Bible like 1 Corinthians 15.33 that says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I mean, it's that whole, you know, uh, idea of like, wow, if you're hanging around bad people, uh, you know, it might rub off on you. And so that is something to be aware of. But then there's a tension because how do you reconcile where Jesus says, go out into the world uh, and be the salt of the earth? And the thing about salt is for it to be effective, it actually has to be touching. And so the whole idea that you've got to be able to be in people's lives and and to do life, and and that would be with non-believers. And so there's this balance. And I think it's kind of like this idea that you kind of have to know where you are with God Where are you in your faith? How strong are you doing? I mean, I always used to joke if, if you have, uh, you know, an addiction to chocolate, do not try to go to work at C's candy store. (laughs) Don't, don't do that. And so it's just that balance. And so I was diving into the word and I found in Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17. I'm going to read it to you here in just a second, but it really brings up some questions that you can evaluate your life and then you can understand how you can become who you spend time with. And so the tension is that you want to surround yourself with mature believers. Yes, yes, yes. And you will grow and you will become like them. I I think of Apostle Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So the whole idea is the people around him were going to grow more like him, but they would be growing more like Christ because he's growing more like Christ. It's that whole thing that, you know, should be happening in our lives. That's why I would really encourage you to be in a small group, a Bible study, a, a, a Christian group from your church, you know, something like that, where you're getting that community, you're growing in community. And in fact, you will become like them, people who you are spending time with. What you want to be careful with, if there are certain friends, maybe possibly friends from your past 
that are not a good influence, you would want to pump the brakes on that. You would want to understand, are they affecting me negatively? And I am not suggesting that you cut that relationship off. Sometimes you have to, if it's just horrible or abusive, or it's just not influencing you well, and and you're not strong enough to stand up to it. So in those situations, you may have to cut off some relationships. I don't know. That's that's between you and God. But what I'm going to go over here in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 is going to ask you some questions that will help you evaluate who you should spend time with. Because Scripture is really clear. You are going to become like those around you. And so we have this tension, don't we, of these, you know, bad company corrupts character, good character. That means that you went into it with good intentions. You were having, you know, walking with God in a really good way. You had this character and all of a sudden it's being corrupted. But then the flip side is how can I be the salt of the earth and, and have really intentional uh, relationships of people who don't share my faith or who are non-believers? And how could I lovingly, graciously influence them toward Christ? And so, you know, it's really is true that, you know, uh, birds that, you know, flock together, you know, how's that go? I don't even know. You know, you know that one, you know, uh, stick together or something like that. You know, so this idea that, we are going to become like people around us, but will we be the influencer? That's what I'm hoping for. So, all that being said, let me read to you Ephesians out of the New Testament, chapter 5, and we'll read verse 15, 16, and 17. Then I'm going to come back, break it down, break it down, and give you some questions that I think are going to be helpful for you to evaluate where you are and how you can evaluate who you should be spending time with. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 5 verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, here we go. We're going to give you five questions from this passage and really allow you to say, you know, pray that prayer. God, where am I at at this level? And how does that affect me in spending time with others? Because I recognize that your word says that I will become like those who I'm surrounded with. And so that really is good news. So you surround yourself with mature, loving, fun, gracious Christ followers, and it's life-giving. That, that's another key to my wife, Sherry, and I, we always ask ourselves that question, is it life-giving? Is it life-giving? And so that's really, really helpful. But verse 15, the first part says, be very careful then how you live. Okay, first question. Number one, how is your walking? And when I say walking, I mean with God. 
How is your walk with God? That's the first question. Because that's where it really begins. That's where you're able to evaluate. And you got to be really, really honest. And as I said before, you pray to God. God, how is my walk with you? How, how am I walking with you? Um, you know, I have a buddy of mine who has five things that he evaluates his life with. And he has a group of men around him that are doing the same. And they ask each other, uh, you know, how am I doing in this area? Rate yourself from a one to 10. And the thing about it is it's helpful because when someone says, well, I'm a five or I'm a seven or I'm a three or I'm a 10, the, the question will be, well, if you're a three, how, what could you do to get to a five? Or if you're a seven. And so, you know, our, our walk with God is, is more fluid than that. It really, it can be difficult to put a number on it. So I'm not suggesting you have to evaluate with numbers at all. Just an example of diving in and being able to go, God, what is it? How, how is my walk with you? Uh, Sherry and I both have, you know, an app on our phone. You probably do too, where it measures your steps or your miles that you've, you know, walked or that you've ran. And, and so it's so funny because Sherry and I will go on these long walks together and we get home and like her app says that you just walked 3.2 miles. And then we open up mine and it's like, you just walked 4.5 miles (laughs) and it really frustrates her (laughs) because my app apparently counts quicker I don't know but you know something hit me about that that God evaluates us individually he knows your life he knows your heartache and your hurt and your pain and your your good times and your horrible times and and the rough times and and the times that he knew that he was carrying you through it all of that that that's just god working in your life and so it's always that thing of god saying you know i know where you are at and i can help you evaluate where you're at so don't look to your brother or your sister or, you know people that you know or look up to and think, well, I'll never, you know, have the walk of God like they have. No, you, you do you. You are an individual uh, child of God is who you are. You are loved by God. It's really interesting. If we go back to Genesis and Adam and Eve sin, they eat the forbidden fruit. Now they're ashamed. They're hiding behind bushes (laughs) and God yells to Adam, and I believe in a, in a powerful, loving father's voice, Adam, almost like, like when I lost my son in the mall when he was like three years old, you know, look. And, and so here God's going, Adam. But then in all seriousness, God asks a question to Adam. He says, where are you? Where are you? And I believe God asks that same question to each one of us. He's asking you individually. You put your name on it. Where are you? See, God wants to meet with you. And do you really think God didn't know where Adam was? Of course he did. Of course he did. 
he was just laying the question out before Adam and as an invitation. Adam, come on out. Come be with me. And so he asks you that same question. And so when you're asking, you know, how's your walk with God? You know that God's asking the same thing. How, how is it? Where are you? Where are you at? That's maybe another way to say it. Where are you at with me? And so you can evaluate that and know then, okay, this is where my walk is. And so probably these are the people I should surround myself with. Okay, the second part of verse 15 says, live not as unwise, but as wise. Pretty straight up, pretty simple. But it then begs our question number two, are you living wise? Are you living wise? And most of us, I think, you know where you're at. I mean, you, you know, you know, we have conviction of the Holy Spirit. We have that, that thing that goes off in us that goes, don't do that. No, that would be unwise. And so many times we blow it. I blow it. You blow it. We all blow it where we do unwise things. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. All those things. But understand that we can flip it. We can flip the script, right? We can go, okay, that would be unwise. So I want to do what is wise. But the question that we're asking to evaluate where we're at with God is, am I living wise? Are you, I'm asking you, are you living wise? And so much of that is what I think is discernment, like discerning. Am I in the right place? Am I moving the right direction? Here we go. Do I have the right people in my life? Have I surrounded myself with really good people? And that ties into that you become who you spend time with. But it always, for you individually, as you evaluate this, is going to come back to discernment. One time Sherry and I were on a trip and I really had to go to the bathroom. And so we pull into a place and I run in to use the restroom and I I go into the restroom and all of a sudden I have this really funny feeling. I'm looking around and I'm staring around in the restroom and all of a sudden it grips me. This is not the men's restroom. Dude, you just ran into the women's restroom. <laughs> and because I have the gift of discernment, I ran out of there. <laughs> and then, you know, use the men's restroom. So this whole idea of discernment, that will help you on answering that question, are you living wise? In fact, pray to God. God, give me the gift of discernment. So we go to verse 16, which says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So, my question, number three, are you making it the best? I mean, Scripture here says, make the most of every opportunity. I love that. Like, like go for it with God. And then there's this reminder, but the days are evil. And it was then, and it is now, and wow, we have some evil days around us. And so we have to understand that evil is around us. But really, the first part of verse 16 is make the most of every opportunity. You know, make the most with your neighbor. Make the most with 
uh, the grocery clerk, you know, as you're talking with people, you know, that your, your words would be seasoned with salt, that you would be effective, that you'd be a light in this world. Jesus calls you the light of the world. He called himself the light of the world. Then he turns around and calls us the light of the world. Crazy, I know. And so we have to press into that and go, am I making the most of every opportunity? Am I making it the best the very, very best. Recently, I've gotten into swimming. And it's so funny because you go swimming early in the morning. And really, my flesh is saying, I don't want to do this. I really don't. It's so cold. Why am I doing this? And then the first 10 laps are such a a chore. (laughs) It's just so hard. And then all of a sudden, things start to warm up. All of a sudden, the water feels a little warmer. My body feels a little warmer. I'm moving a little better. And, and I'm counting my laps and I'm going, you know what? This isn't so bad. You know? And so this whole idea of making the most of it, you know, sometimes we got to jump into the pool. You know, sometimes we got to go, go there. It, it might be uncomfortable. It might be a little cold, but we got to, we got to just keep moving forward, right? There we go. Keep moving forward. And all of a sudden you're going to be making it the best, but you got to ask yourself your, the question right now in life, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, physically, even financially, am I making it the best? Am I making it the best? Okay. Verse 17, let's go to number four. Verse 17, the first part says, Therefore, do not be foolish. Let's stop right there. We'll finish verse 17 in just a second. But therefore, do not be foolish. Okay, here's my question number four. Whose fool are you? What does that mean, Tom? Well, what that means is, we're going to be someone's fool. Uh, a great, great man of God and Christian leader who's graduated to heaven uh, quite a while ago, but his name was John Wimber. And he would always use that phrase, whose fool are you? And what he meant by it is like, you're either going to be a fool in the world and a fool for the devil, or you could be a fool for Christ. You could be a fool for Jesus. And so, again, it really, the choice is up to you. So, whose fool are you? So, that's a great question. So, you could even answer that like, am, am I going to be a fool for the kingdom of God? Or am I going to be a fool in the world and just do my own thing and party around? And you know what I'm saying is you just have to answer that one. And the good thing about this question it's, it's really one or the other. There's not, you don't have to evaluate a lot. You just, you just got to go there. Which one am I going to do? Whose fool are you? Is it the devil or are you going to be a fool for Christ? And I would encourage you to be a fool for Christ because in God's eyes, that is really wise. That has power in it. And he loves it when we do that. Okay, final part. The final part of verse 17 is, but understand what the Lord's will is. So that's the final question. Number five, do you understand God's will? And certainly, 
there's so many things that could be happening in your life and you're praying, God, should I do this? Should I do that? And you really, really want to know God's will. Uh, when I wrote my book, Discover God's Will, Five Factors That'll Change Your Life Forever, uh, the thrust of it was how to know God's will. In fact, I almost you know, named the book that, How to Know God's Will. And so there is a way to know God's will, to discover God's will for your life, and even in big decisions. And it will, you know, you dive into the word. What does God's word say? Huh, I wonder what the Bible has to say. Always start there. Um, then, you know, you get wi- uh, wisdom from people around you. There you go. You become who you spend time with. So get around wise people. They're going to help you discern, you know. So all of these things really move into understanding God's will for your life. But here's one that you can take home, you can take to the bank, is Jesus said, this is the greatest thing you could do with your life. This is what Jesus said. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was giving you the ultimate will of God. That is God's will for your life. So if if you're thinking, Tom, I don't know what God's will for my life is, and I don't really understand God's will. Well, you could start right there with the words of Jesus and say, I do understand God's will. I understand it fully because I understand that Jesus said to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. Now, neighbor doesn't mean the person necessarily, it does mean the person uh, living next door to you, but it means everybody. That's what Jesus meant. Any person that would ever cross your path is your neighbor, okay? And then Jesus says, and then love them the way you'd want to be loved. That's an easy one to think through. Like, how, how do I feel love? How would I want to be loved? Well, then turn around and love people just like that. And in fact, you'll be influencing them. And, you know, to become who you spend time with, you'll be influencing them. So I think as we land the airplane, that's where it really is. You want mature believers around you and empowering you and you know, affecting you in a really positive way. And then you in turn can reach out to unbelievers and love them like you would want to be loved, like Jesus taught us. So there you go. You become who you spend time with. And I want to pray for you. Let me recap the five questions that you're going to evaluate your life so you know where you're at in in, in spending time time with people. Okay, number one, how is your walk with God? Number two, are you living wise? Number three, are you making it the best? The you know, of every opportunity, are you making it the best? Number four, whose fool are you? I know it sounds really funny, but we really broke that one down. Whose fool are you? It's one or the other. You know, the enemy or Christ. Okay. Number five, Do you understand God's will? And we can at least understand God's will with what Jesus said. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, let me pray for you. 
Father, thank you for every person that is listening to this podcast. And I'm so grateful. And God, I pray you would meet them right where they're at. That, Lord, that you would encourage them. That, God, that you would give them new understanding of who they're spending time with. And that, in fact, they're becoming like them. And so, God, empower them to become like the mature believers, people around them, uh, pastors and teachers and Bible study leaders and and just, you know, people that they would admire in the faith and and surround themselves with that, that they'd press into that uh, discipleship and that God, that they would be so empowered that they, in fact, could reach out to others. And so, God, would you just pour into them, love on them, bless them, I pray, bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Keep Moving Forward podcast with Tom O'Leary. And I tell you, I thank you so much for all the feedback, all the support. And uh, certainly, if there's someone that you think would benefit from listening, uh, just send them to my website, www.tomoleary.org. And they'll find uh, this message and many other messages and podcasts right there. And so uh, don't forget, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And I'm for you. God bless.